welcome to the Basement Astrologers. Coming to you live from the middle of the Middle West in above average St. Paul, Minnesota, as well as the beautiful Pacific Northwest here in P-Town, Puyallup, Washington. It's September 14th, 2008 at 147 Pacific Coast Time. With me is Meredith. Hello. And I'm Kip. We're here to lead you down this path. It's a welcome back tour for the Basement Astrologers. Yay! And happy birthday, Kip. Happy birthday oh, to you. you. Happy so solar return. Hectic. Yeah, let's catch up. <laughs> this is weird. I feel like you're in the basement with me still. I can see your face and I can hear well, you. I'm in a basement. Are you this still in a basement? This is our first show. Yeah, I am in a basement. Oh, good. Well, then our name is still true. <laughs> we would hate for it to not be true. I kind of would. Sagittarius Moon, I need the truth. So after um, a month of me moving the entire family across the country, we have figured out how to tape the podcast virtually through Zoom. How does that feel, Meredith? Soon this might even be on YouTube. What do you think about that? I'm fine with it after some discussion with you. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's different. It's weird. It's Uranian. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be okay with it. I can, I'm very mutable and very adaptable, but... I miss you being here. I miss chatting with you more often, but I'm glad we figured this out and we're going to keep it going. Yeah, well, now we've got it all squared away and soon we'll figure out how to have guests virtually and they can still come in the office uh, down in the basement with you. Uh, and so we're going to have people aboard too. It was really fun the times we've got to have people with us. Yes, I agree. I'm excited to have more guests on. I think we have a few lined up um, once we get the tech kind of sorted out. <laughs> yeah, neither Meredith or I are brain wizards when it comes to technology. So we've uh, reached out to some other podcast doers and asked some advice. They've been very, very friendly to us. Uh, also, um, Meredith's husband, Colin, uh, is a complete audio brain wizard. and He's who makes sure um, our audio sounds as professional as it does. So as always, thank yep. you, Colin. He's our producer. He went to school for audio visual recording. So now he gets to use the tools that he learned, <laughs> finally. The visual is going to come in handy yeah, soon. Yeah, I think so. So we had a few topics we wanted to talk about. And the first was, along with our welcome back, just talking about um, major life shifts and understanding what the sky lays out for us. So during um, my whole moving process, all the packing, all the uh, arranging, all the figuring out where the kids are going to go to school, the entire sky was retrograde. Um, it was nuts. So we had uh, Mercury was retrograde and Jupiter was retrograde. Uh, what else did we have up there? Well, Uranus and, uh, and Neptune are still retrograde. So, so is Pluto. And Mars. Mars was the, was the, big, the big one, the, the not uncommon yeah. retrograde planet. Yep. And we really saw that in my life and a lot of um, the spinning of the wheels, a lot of the inability to plan effectively, especially in short durations. But on the flip side of that, uh, when we started this job hunt, when my wife graduated with her midwifery degree, um, I saw Uranus heading to her 10th house. Um, and what that told me was we needed maximum flexibility, that there was going to be disruption happening in her house of career and the place where she was going to be most visible to the world. And we did that. We made sure that the lease we had was going to run out. We didn't sign a new one. Uh, we had plans, if we needed to, to stay with family for a couple weeks, which we ended up doing. Um, and we, we moved in uh, with one of my wife's aunts um, in a beautiful little town um, just south of the cities. 
uh, old town in Minnesota. Minneapolis-St. Paul. Cities, you have Minneapolis to explain and that. Saint Paul. Well, yeah, I'm from rural Minnesota. It's the cities. I know. I me too. It's the cities. But for the listeners, they're like, "What? No." Nope. Yeah, it's a great twin great cities in Minnesota. Uh, but it, it was a really big deal. Um, you know, I was packing up the house, and she was doing her final visits out to different locations. Eventually, um, we were flown out to uh, to Tacoma, Washington, where we ended up in Puyallup, and. Um, we, we were living with her aunt. Her aunt watched the kids while we were there. Two of them were at camp. The other one stayed with her. Um, and, and that maximum flexibility allowed us to be in a place where when that job offer came through, we, we moved the entire family in nine days. Found a place to go to school, found a, a place to lease. Um, and, and really, I, I credit astrology a lot for me to be stable enough to, to have a bigger picture understanding and, and position the whole family to be in a place um, to deal with the disruption as best we could. I give you huge credit. I don't know how you did it. I think I would have lost my mind uh, with all that Uranus energy and unpredictable stuff. And just having three kids. I mean, I have three cats, and that's a lot for me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Clark Griswold it up across the country. How'd you do it? Um, so, cheers. Happy birthday. You deserve Yay. your beer right now. Um, great job. And, again, astrology we know is awesome. <laughs> it can help with big life adventures for sure. It can. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some stuff that Meredith and I are doing together. We're invited to a retreat, but I've been working on a presentation there and it's going to talk a lot about how to use astrology. What's astrology good for in a practical sense? It's, it's intuitive to me to find astrology interesting and nurturing and sometimes translating that to people um, when it just makes so much sense to me. Um, hey, Kip, why do you like to fish? <laughs> you know, some people just don't, but for me, it's always been my thing. Um, so translating to people how astrology is useful uh, has been something I've been thinking about a lot. And I thought the uh, understanding Uranus is heading towards that 10th house, that there's going to be disruption, um, was a really big theme. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited so, for the retreat. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person because you're flying back to Minnesota for it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Yeah. Why don't we just, uh, why don't we get it out of the way? So, so Meredith and I were invited to speak at a yoga retreat. It's the Boreal Bliss Yoga Retreat. People can Google it. B-O-R-E-A-L, Bliss, B-L-I-S-S, Yoga, Y-O-G-A, Retreat.com. They do retreats in Minnesota semi-regularly, I think four times a year by the season, uh, all, all throughout the state. They're, they're sectioned or stationed in Duluth, Minnesota. This retreat's going to be in Eagles Bluff in southern Minnesota in Lanesboro from 1119 through 1121. And they sold out. It's, so it's 75 people are going to be in a small retreat center for a full three days. Uh, there's going to be other talks, but Meredith and I are going to be giving the keynote. I'm going to talk for an hour and a half uh, with Merida, Meredith uh, keeping me squared away. Uh, and then we're going to do readings. We're going to do yoga. We're going to eat vegan food. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. So excited. And hopefully the weather's fine, which it probably should be in October. It'll be nice and cool because it's like 90 where I am today, but you said it's not even 70 over in Seattle area. Heck so. yeah, it's a packed Northwest. <laughs> it's a beautiful, a beautiful, it's sunny even, and it's uh, 70 degrees, just like I like it. Perfect. Well, you picked a good place to live. <laughs> I hope so. It's uh, we had the, one of the first days we went right to Mount Rainier and uh, took the whole family hiking. The five-year-old made it the whole five miles through the mountains. It was really? a little touchy for a while, but it was fun and just gorgeous. It was a great way to introduce everyone back, you know, to where they came from. They were all born here, but oh, all obviously, your kids? Uh, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, Colin's family lives out there now, so when I'm visiting my in-laws, I'll give you a call and we'll get together. Yeah. Well, they should come over for dinner. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, we were going to just discuss a couple things. First of all, as it is my birthday, we were going to talk about solar return charts, and I think we, we brushed on this uh, really briefly earlier on, but we thought it was a great chance to pull up my, my solar return chart. We're going to give everyone uh, the, the data, the info on it, and just talk about how we use them in our practice. I really, really like them. Um, I, I think of it as kind of a foundational uh, tool that I use. We're going to go through the one I have, uh, what's coming up for me next year, um, just kind of discuss a little bit about how we use them. Uh, do you want to introduce what a solar return chart is, Meredith? Sure. Um, I was going to suggest that. So a solar return is takes a snapshot of the sun at the exact place it was at the moment of your birth. And this, I think, has to happen within 24 hours or a day or so of your actual birthday. But for you, um, yours is today, later tonight, it looks like. And it takes a snapshot of the sun, you know, on your birthday, at where it was at your birth, and it gives you a picture, theoretically, of the next year of your life. Do you have any better explanation than, I, than that one? No, uh, that's exactly right. So what we have is we have September 14th, 2018, at 7.03 and 50 seconds in Puyallup, Washington. Um, I use whole sign houses, so my sun is in the seventh house, the moon is in the tenth. I'm going to uh, use Placidus, so I have you at the seventh in the sun, and the moon is in the ninth. Oh, okay. So we'll see what uh, happens with that. Well, it's a, it's a packed ninth house either way. So we're just let's just walk through it quickly. So I, I tend to not emphasize the outer planets um, Boo. in a general reading like this. <laughs> but um, when you look at this chart, there is one extremely notable um, exception to that. <laughs> yeah. Like almost exactly conjunct the ascendant. Um, basically exactly right on there. Yeah, uh, so that is notable. That would definitely come up if I were doing a solar return chart for someone. Uh Um, So just talk a couple keywords of Neptune is kind of nebulous, foggy, hard to wrap your hands around what's going on. Um, And it's in my first house, so that's that's my house of how I steer the ship. And what that may tell you is um, it might be hard for me to figure out exactly how I'm navigating things, how I'm introducing myself. I might be a little foggy to the world around me or how I'm interacting to the world around me might be a little foggy. I also, was going to say, can I just jump in here that yeah, people please. might be foggy about what you're saying, what you're doing, confused on what you're putting out there. Completely. Um, and in addition to that, uh, some other things you think about with Neptune are some of those same themes. So kind of the dream world, uh, the void, um, intoxicants. <laughs> right. I'm like, and watch, right watch the beer uh, over in uh, Seattle area because they have some good good stuff over there. So I was going to say. They do. I'm enjoying a lovely brute <laughs> IPA as we speak. The beer and also, um, you know, cannabis is legal in this state. So maybe um, if I was thinking that that was something I might want to indulge in, you know, here in a state where it's legal, I might want to pay closer attention to any kind of use of it. That That's the type of advice I would give someone who had these markers in their chart. Now, additionally, um, you know, Neptune can be the mark of the mystic. Mm -hmm. Um, Carolyn Casey likes to say Neptune is the imagination train, uh, that the reality train uh, that lays the tracks for the reality train to follow. So maybe this is a year where I'm laying imagination tracks, where I'm I'm able to imagine uh, what my world's going to look like. 
Um, and that's a big, it really is a big can of worms to open up. I think it's, I mean, Neptune's my favorite planet. I don't know if we've gone over that, but I mean, think wow, of I know. Neptune as like a spiritual guru master. Yeah. And this is your year to kind of come into that part of yourself. Um, kind of the, the Kip, the guru of Kip or the Kip guru and kind of put it out to the universe. Well, I definitely, without question, um, connect Neptune to, to aspects of spirituality, one of them being meditation. So what that tells me is that I need to be more dedicated. So my two or three times a week where I take time to be quiet and calm myself, I really should become six or seven times a week with this placement mm-hmm. to, to use that energy constructively. Um, I'll tell you today, when I stopped to get some lunch and get my, my brand new growler filled... Um, I stopped in the local metaphysics store and I uh, had a <gasps> chat with a young lady who reads tarot cards and she was telling me oh, that they're going to, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. That, Tell me more. Well, they're going to expand and they're going to have seven rooms. I said, Hey, you know, here's my contact information. I'd be interested in having a space to do readings. Um, you know, that the 21 year old, um, baby hippie. And I mean that in the most affectionate way possible. I remember when I was a baby hippie, the 21 year old baby hippie was telling me about how she does uh, new moon and full moons groups. And I said, well, that's awesome. Um, I really liked her and I liked her shop. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean Saturn, I have Saturn in your 10th and that looks good there. Uh, taking on more responsibility and more work in an area of career. Well, um, so where I see Saturn in this in the whole sign house is in is in the eleventh house of is allies it? or oh. visions. Yeah, so um, you see that work being put in, um, you know that maturity coming uh, with those allies. So if you think of it maybe as me being um, somewhat of the mystic, uh, maybe this is a chance for that to get really um, put into place. Um, the, the, I think the places of emphasis I see in this chart um, beyond that. Um, <laughs> Neptune conjunct ascendant, which is so big, it just stares out of your face. Oh, for sure. Is that in the seventh house, uh, we have both Mercury and the Sun, uh, which really is putting an emphasis on relationships. Yeah. Um, both shining, uh, analyzing, thinking through, um, being maybe exacting about them, but definitely an um, uh, emphasis in this chart in relationships. And then uh, Scorpio is housing both Venus and and Jupiter in this chart. Um, Venus being in her uh, sign of detriment, however, being co-present with um, Jupiter is just really um, having both benefics in one place here in my ninth house, the house of higher education, higher religion. Um, Really, there's probably some learning to be done. And when I see that Saturn uh, in the 11th, the house of allies, um, you know, you, you you might even think, that it's a chance to meet a teacher, meet someone who can be an ally, or or become a teacher, become someone who offers guidance. Um, you know, as I'm well past my solar retur- Saturn return now, um, there's a lot a lot of um, of of tenth, ninth, uh, and eleventh house stuff going on. Yeah, where do you have Pluto in your chart? I, I know you don't you really look at Pluto, but um... Pluto's in the. 11th as well. Okay, so that's where I have it, and I would just say there's some kind of transformation uh, coming this year with 11th House of Allies, you know, transform there. Um, you're leaving some behind, obviously you have, and physical location, I mean, but transforming just, that. I mean, that's why I look at Pluto, just transformation symbol. So not to get too rosy about this chart, there also is a big fat Venus-Mars square, uh, <laughs> which is tough, 
and Uranus. Uh, it's it's <laughs> separating. Um, yeah, and the Uranus Ooh, opposition. Fixed T square. So that, that T square, yeah. Um, you know, it's not exact and it's separating, but it's certainly um, it's certainly staring you right in the face. And there's a lot of nodal activity. Oh, um, yeah. Not necessarily in the houses that are prominent. You've got the 12th and the 6th. Um, but again, um, that 12th house, um, kind of the uh, the place where the native gets knocked off course. Um, you got the, the south node there. Uh, you know, it's 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 of note, especially when there's so many things interacting with them. When you have Mars, you have Uranus, you have Venus, um, and they're really prominently placed. What do, what what do you look at when you see the nodes in the spot? Because I know you emphasize the nodes more than I do. Well, I'm liking the North Node, Leo, for you. Uh, I, uh, it's right on the edge of the fourth and fifth house in my chart, but uh, that is my birth North Node, and I like that for our podcast. <laughs> you know, like Leo being in the spotlight. Uh, it's still at the bottom of the chart, but it's in a, well, you have it in the six, right? Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something for your soul growth and development should be propelling you forward for, you know, for Le- with Leo energy. Like, you're going to be seen um, for your work possibly this year and the next year. Yeah, and then, and then if you look at the ruler of that house, the sun is uh, definitely at an angle. Um, so, you know, there's some prominence. Um, to that, to that house, to that placement. Um, so this is just a quick. We quickly broke down uh, my solar return. Some of the things I might emphasize to to people if I saw it too is that the moon uh, is in the tenth house, the house of employment, the house of uh, where the native is most visible. So this is one of those times where um, the natives work in the world uh, might be fulfilling internally, might be really intuitive to them. It might come um, to them uh, really from an internal level and it's in Sagittarius, um, the sign of big ideas of, of, uh, of truth of, uh, of shooting towards the stars. And that's, you know, right in the 10th house. So it's, uh, just really, a, uh, it's, it's out there. It's, it's visible to the world. Maybe your, your soul being laid bare, uh, for those to see anything else you see that you really want to point out. Not too much. I was just going to move on to kind of a practice question for you. I oh, mean, yeah. as a rule, do you use these charts when you're reading for clients? For sure. You do so, like as a rule or just when they ask for them? Well, so I really like people to, if they haven't had a birth chart reading, to have that first. So they really understand what the stars had in store for them at the moment of their birth. Then if there's a follow-up, I really like to do kind of a hodgepodge of what's going on in their life. So sort of a... Um, a solar weather of where their transits are going to be. Um, I do um, a secondary progression and especially look at the moon, but if there's anything that's shifted recently, that's going to have a big impact. And then the solar return, especially if it's close to that birthday time. I think this, I think a birthday is a good time to have a reading, kind of a check-in because it's a good time to look at your solar return chart, look at what's happening at the year ahead. Um, but uh, another thing that's important is to look at those annual perfections. So I'm entering a sixth house perfection chart, which for me is uh, is Scorpio. So uh, the other thing I really like to look at is annual perfections. So annual perfections advance a house um, each year of your life based on your your year of birth. So from zero to one is your first house, one to two is your second house, and so forth. I'm going to be 41. That's a sixth house 
perfection year. And for me in my birth chart, that's Scorpio. So I look both at Scorpio and I look at Mars, um, the ruler of Scorpio. Now, in this chart, if you're looking at annual perfections, you see Mars, you see Mars squaring um, Venus. It's, it's precariously placed. But really, more than that, since um, the annual perfection is kind of a year-long theme, you think of themes of health, of, um, of service, of toil, but also what's Mars going to be doing this coming year? And I'll tell you, I am very happy that Mars is done with its retrograde. <laughs> and I didn't have a Mars perfection year last year when I knew that I was going to be uh, covering old ground a few different times. That, would have been, uh, that wouldn't have been as much fun. So uh, we have a few more things uh, we are going to chat about. Um, it was fun to, to dress on this. We did want to hit up the um, the astro weather too. Um, let me. I'm going to pull up my actual transit chart here. Um, so there is a bunch of stuff happening in the skies. We said there were a number of planets that were. Uh, retrograde, just meaning a little more prominent, a little more emphasized, hitting the same territory repeatedly, um, that are no longer. And I know we hit it up a lot, um, introducing the summer, and that was Mercury, Mars, Jupiter. Um, we still have Neptune and Uranus, as well as Pluto retrograde, and, and I believe that Neptune and Uranus are going to end their retrogrades really soon. It's not far from now, like within the next week. Um, what we do have coming up, though, very soon and that's on the 6th of next, next month, all the way through the middle of November, is Venus going retrograde. Yep, 40 days and 40 nights of Venus retrograde. Uh, another kind of rare one, like what we went through with Mars. Well, Mars is more rare. <laughs> uh, but Venus retrograde, I think, kind of scares a lot of people. Just like Mercury, but it's relationship stuff. It's love stuff. Like it's, yeah, it's, it could be it, money stuff. It could be money stuff, yeah. What you find beautiful could change or go through kind of a rehaul. Um, like I brought up in one pod, the summer of heartbreak in summer of 2015, that People Magazine oh, yeah. was just splashed with all the celebrity divorces. Like it was daily. So um, I like to point out where that falls in your chart. I definitely think the relationship one is, is big and it's important. And I, but I do think that's why the Venus retrograde gets um, or has so much prominence because we really do place a lot of emphasis in our culture on relationships. Um, and this Venus retrograde is going to take place in Sagittarius, the place of Venus's fall, and go, but she's going to go all the way back into her domicile, the place where she's happiest, into Libra. So we're going to get a second dose of Venus in Libra in November, and she's going to station and go direct, and uh, and that's going to be neat. We're going to have Venus back in Libra in November, and just as on the 9th, Jupiter heads into Sagittarius where Jupiter's happiest. So for a very brief window, we're going to have both of the benefics in their favorite spot, Venus in Libra and Jupiter in Sagittarius. And I can tell you that I have been waiting for this. Uh, this as in Jupiter and Sag? It's Jupiter and Sag, but also just that brief window when, they're, when both of the benefics are happy, um, functioning well, moving straight ahead. Um, we could use a window, the whole world, I think, can, of just a little bit of sunshine. Yeah, I want to, can we talk a few minutes about Jupiter? Uh, I'm, yeah. I just actually started thinking about this the other day because we have, you know, the Me Too movement with Jupiter and Scorpio, and I'm wondering, once Jupiter goes, you know, 
Sagittarius, the sign of, you know, the truth seeker, Jupiter expanding on that. Like I'm hoping just the truth, whatever it is, is comes out of hiding kind of enlightens us, whatever it is, like the hard truth, the easy truth, whatever. I really want Jupiter to kind of clean up the mess that's going on right now. I think that that's going, that, that's my, that's what I foresee if I'm going to make a prediction. But I also predict that there are going to be some bubbles that pop. Um, what do you mean by that? Ju- well, I think Jupiter's been digging down deep, maybe not paying as close of attention to uh, what's happening in the greater world, allowed some things to kind of get out of hand without paying much attention to telling their story. And Jupiter entering Sag, focus on the truth, focus on the big picture, um, a kind of a clear understanding of how the world's functioning. I think there's going to be the, the key word that everyone throws at Jupiter is expansion. And when I look at that, I oftentimes think of almost overexpansion. And so some of those places where uh, maybe things have been getting uh, out of hand might actually um, have the spotlight put on them and they might burst. Um, Hmm. One of the things I've noticed as I've looked at people who either got sick or even passed away is, is I've seen a lot of Jupiter placements there. And uh, it's like, you know, some one could say that uh, Jupiter being um, the greater story or being the king or being, um, you know, kind of the, the ruler of the gods, people are going home. One could also say that some of those um, negative aspects have finally um, just gotten out of hand. Um, you know, y- your heart could be chugging along, but it has some, maybe some um, calcified spots and then Jupiter hits and boom, it's just too much um, and it stops functioning. So I think um, Jupiter has been cleaning up some of the stuff that's been stuck in the underworld while Jupiter's been in Scorpio. And I think when Jupiter hits Sagittarius, we're going to have some of those balloons pop that maybe have just been allowed to to get inflated without as much attention being paid. Yeah, that's interesting. What I, Yeah, what I've come to realize in a year of doing professional readings that Jupiter is not always the good guy. Um, I know he's a benefic and Hellenistic, but he's kind of the bear of bad news sometimes or Jupiter cycle isn't always good luck or things turn up rosy. Well, you know, if people are hiding from the truth, you certainly don't want Jupiter showing up and telling them the story. (laughs) This is what's been going on. Yep, exactly. Um, And I think we can not push that theme back on Scorpio and the Me Too movement. You know, all of a sudden Jupiter shows up and starts telling these stories. Like, look, look what's been happening over here, um, kind of in the nether regions. And, uh, and it sort of got pushed front and center. And I, I'm sure some of those similar themes are going to get um, put in place when Jupiter heads into its sign of Sagittarius. Um, but, again, um, I'm excited for Jupiter and Sagittarius. Um, and that's going to be right after election season here. So we're going to go from just this tumultuous, churning summer where just everything was retrograde. Uh, it seemed like things were caught in the muck. Uh, there were multiple um, Mars, Venus squares, just learning tough lessons between the masculine and the feminine, between yumminess and strife. Um, it's, we're finally just in the midst of that third square after Mars went retrograde, exacted a square with Venus, went into Capricorn. Now Mars then is going direct, is going forward, is going to hit that square again. Um, We're going to really um, move past 
all of this churning in the skies, these retrogrades, these unsteady planets, and we're going to move to that spot where Jupiter is going to be in a happy spot. We're going to have lots of planets uh, in places they feel comfortable. Um, and I think we're going to eventually reach a little bit of more stability, but I, I definitely think that that transition again is going to be still going to be hectic until we even get into the new year. Yeah, I have no- uh, November 7th, 8th, uh, Jupiter's moon to Sag. And he stays in a sign for about on average a year. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, the other thing that I was really excited about is for Mars to finally just get out of Aquarius where it's been forever. I don't necessarily have a problem uh, with Mars and Aquarius, but geez, um, he's just been uh, been there forever. And it's going to be that same time period, that that middle of November time period when uh, Jupiter gets into Sagittarius. Mars is finally going to hit the, the waters of uh, Pisces and just let off just a ton of steam. Um, so that, that November, that middle of November is really something. Um, we're going to have to keep a close eye on what's going on in the news. Okay. Yeah, I like, personally, I, I didn't mind Mars and Aquarius so much. I've been motivated to network my ass off. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I've used that Mars energy there. You have been doing a hell of a job I networking. Know. I have. Um, so, so we, um, this was a, a thrown together podcast. We we're excited to record and get this on uh, paper. And we've kind of exhausted the stuff we wanted to talk about. I know you've been up to a couple really neat things. Um, and we're going to talk about them in uh, much more detail. But do you want to talk about either of your two big events um, as we wrap up yet. the show? I'm not entirely sure this pod is going to work. So when I'm more comfortable recording virtually, let's let's dive into that. And I would love to get back on a once a week schedule. Uh, we'll, we'll work something out. I want to keep doing this. This is great for both of us, I think. But let's let's talk more in depth next time. Okay. Uh, well, um, thanks everyone for listening. We're really excited to have you. Uh, I want to say welcome back to everybody, and it's time for Meredith to sign us out. Perfect. Thank you, Kip. We would like to thank July Fighter Band for our opening and closing music, our producer, Colin McCowan. And I don't know, uh, Kip, what are you drinking today? Local brew? This this is a local uh, brute IPA from Bainbridge Brewers in Bainbridge Island, Washington. Awesome. I need to come visit you because I'm a big fan of the wine out there and the beers. I am not drinking local today, and I don't really know what this is, so I'm not going to mention that. But again, <laughs> uh, this is the Basement Astrologer signing off, episode 13. Thank you for listening. <laughs>